This is Fred Vogel from Totag, and you're listening to Sick on Cinema. And welcome to Sick on Cinema. I am one half of your rat poison cookie for Santa, John. I'm your other half, Matt. And it's Christmas time! And if you're not too busy being offended by Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Baby It's Cold Outside, then you might be enjoying the best the genre has to offer of Christmas horror. Yeah. This is our second year in a row covering Christmas horror. Last year we covered... We covered too much stuff the first year. Yeah, we covered like four movies. Yeah, we did Homesick. I think we did Don't Open Till Christmas. Yeah. We did uh, Cannibal Claws. Shit, what else did we do? Um, Jack Frost. Jack Frost. We went too hard in the pan that first year. We, we brought it down this year. We're doing three movies. And one's a short. Yeah, which is going to be kind of a briefer episode. We're going to keep it... Condensed. Keep it looking dense. Maybe we'll see how the conversations go. <laughs> True. Um, I got an itch. <laughs> but Merry Christmas to all. This will probably be the last episode of the year. Probably. Yeah, like that's that's probably the case. This is probably the last episode for the 2018. Yeah, which has year. been an up and down year for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been up and down in the sense that we haven't been as consistent. As we norm- we sh- we should be. As we tried to be. Yeah. We had a plan to be very consistent, and it just didn't work. Life and other plans with the podcast yeah. and other projects. Have Even this episode uh, is affected as we really didn't get to watch the movies the way we normally like to watch them. Yeah, I think like two of the movies we didn't take notes on. Yeah. I think for you, it's all three. All three, yeah. yeah. I didn't even get a chance to rewatch the third one. And we had something else completely planned for this episode. That is true. And, and we I talk watched about it and did notes on it, and then we were just like, and We could talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it too much, because I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into why that is. But uh, yeah, it's been, but uh, overall, a pretty solid year for the podcast, I would say. Yeah. We did two interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, we made friends with other podcasts that we will be doing probably some crossovers in the future. That'll be cool. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, so... Overall, 2018, I say, was a pretty good year. Yeah, I agree. And I think we're ending it with a pretty good episode, too. Yeah. So what are we covering on this Christmas horror-filled nightmare? (laughs) We're covering... uh, Sorry, that that door just, like, opened. It's the ghost of Christmas past! Oh, no, you stay away from me. (laughs) Um, We're covering Treevenge. Mm-hmm. Christmas Evil, mm-hmm. and I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday. The newest Christmas horror film to come out. And there is every year a shit ton of Christmas horror movies come out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are oh, bad. Shit. Oh, shit. And if you want to see uh, some of the worst the genre has to offer, 
our friends at Who Will Survive Podcast is doing a special of shitty Krampus movies. <laughs> and those po- the, the posters for those movies are, are bad. Are atrocious. Bad, bad, bad. So, to get a new Christmas horror movie that not only stamps its place in the lexicon of Christmas horror, but leaves its mark in the disturbing film genre as well, which we will get into, mm-hmm. it's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. So, questions, comments, and concerns can be sent to us at sitconcinema at gmail.com. You can follow us on the Tweetahs. That's it's dead. De- it's dead as fuck. Or you can follow us on our active social medias and Instagram and Facebook. I don't think I've checked the Twitter page in like three months. <laughs> because I haven't got a single notification except for you tweeting at Disco Inferno to tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. As a cuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the duck. That is a... That is a uh, that's a long story. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, a very that came long to story. Me. We'd have to do an entire episode on just your tweets yeah. at Disco Inferno. But <laughs> fuck Disco Inferno. I hate that guy. You don't talk shit about somebody got hurt. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Get well soon, Sean Phoenix. Good guy. Yeah, very good is. guy. He's really cool. Um so let's just buy go his merch. Buy buy that merch. <laughs> no, no, no. Buy that. You're Mar- gonna get his cover up flag. It's probably true. He would have already covered that flag. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Normally we kinda bullshit around for a little bit, but I think like I said, we want to keep the, that for the year. Yeah, we want to. Yeah. <laughs> we want to keep this. This is gonna be a little bit of a different episode. It's not a full length episode like we normally do. This is just a nice special to give you something to listen to on the Christmas season. It, I'm, I'm just gonna laugh if that's just completely like contradicted and it's like the longest episode ever. It could be, especially when we get to one of these movies. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, we're gonna start. I don't even have a year. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, a round of applause for <laughs> this podcast. Two thousand and eight. Hey. I clicked on IMDb, and it's I clicked on Treevenge, and it gave me stunts. Stunts. Treevenge, stunts. Like it was a the Treevenge was a stunt coordinator. Oh, you know you, know, you could for go to, the movie Treevenge. Yeah, you could go to Letterbox and look this up. Too, I right? could, yeah, but um, <laughs> but you have like ten tabs open. I do. <laughs> 2008's Treevenge. Yes. A Christmas tradition to watch this little nasty short film directed by the brilliant Jason Eisner, who does not get the credit he deserves. And he's make a comeback. He does. The movie most people will know him for is Hobo of the Shotgun. Mm -hmm. He also did uh, Wise for Young Bucks and ABC's of Death. Mm -hmm. He did the uh, Alien episode in VHS 2. The guy has a unique style all of his own. Right. He is unlike any other filmmaker ever. Very manic, very chaotic. Right. And uh, very vibrant colors. Love Jason Eisner's work. Wish you would do more stuff. And uh, this is how I discovered Jason Eisner. Was Treevenge? Was Treevenge. It was the first thing I ever saw by him. Because I remember seeing it on a, a short-lived show. Well, it wasn't short-lived, but it was during the heyday of G4. Oh, yeah. Which our younger listeners may not even know what that was. That was a video game channel. God, you're, you're taking it back. I know. They covered, that was my childhood. For a long time, but... they covered just video games. Yeah. Then they kind of switched over to tech and video games. Mm-hmm. And, and Tack of the Show mm-hmm. was a show that kind of, accomp- it was like a daily show that kind of encompassed all that video games, technology, media, and they highlighted Treevenge. That's pretty cool. So what is Treevenge about? It's a 16-minute short film. Where on the the eve of Christmas, these group of uh, lumberjacks go out in the woods. Crazy ass lumberjacks. Yeah. Which, again, very Jason Eisner. Yeah. Just very like, you know, crazy, manic. It's like, like he has this weird 
this weird style of directing, and I'm assuming writing as well, mm-hmm. which is almost like Tim and Eric in a weird way. It's very over the top. Yeah. But it works. Yeah. So they go out and they start chopping down these trees, but the trees are alive and they talk. <laughs> and they're on the lane and they're like, yeah, and they're like, why are they doing this to us? <laughs> they, and we see it go from the lumberjack getting chopped down to the shipping place to like, you know, the the uh, saplings getting set on fire and yeah, the, the defective ones are getting destroyed and just, you know, wood chipped and then they're shipped off to the the uh, place where they sell the snow, uh, the, the Christmas trees. trees, which I don't even know what that would be called. Christmas tree selling place. Is it like a? Is it, is it a tree market? It's a tree market. There you go. That sounds good. I like that. All right. Yeah. Um, you know the family buys it and decorate it. And we kind of see what everybody's doing with their trees. One one poor tree gets uh gets molested. Molested. <laughs> <laughs> but lo and behold, on Christmas morning, the trees have had enough, and they get their tree revenge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love this short film. It's really good, yeah. It's it's an absolute classic. It's a shame that it's never been on anything, mm-hmm. or it doesn't have a release anywhere. Was it just released on YouTube? I don't even think it was released on YouTube. Really? I think it was, uh, I don't know where it was put out. I think it might have been put out through Eisner's website. Yeah. But it's found its way to, you can watch it on YouTube, you can watch it on Vimeo. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can see it, it's out there, but like it doesn't, it, there's no good version of it anywhere. Yeah, like, when you're watching it, it almost looks older than mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, it's only 2008. Um, it's just a great snapshot of an era of filmmaking. You know what I mean? Like mm. when the Grindhouse rebirth really started vamping up. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the early 2000s or mid 2000s, I should say. About mid 2000s. Uh, like weird. It was like a weird exploitation. Like, yeah, craze. there really was. Like Grindhouse came out and flopped, mm. but the imitations of Grindhouse were. Everywhere, yeah, and Osner was the best of them, right? His just his way of like creating insanity, but it working. Mm. Like sometimes you watch a movie and characters are like saying the most outlandish shit. Like take Rob Zombie for instance. That's exactly what I was thinking as soon as you said that. And it doesn't work. It just feels awkward, out of place. Osner's world feels so un like unreal. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like any place you've ever seen. I want him to do an adaptation of Hotline Miami. He could totally pull off Hotline Miami. That would be him to a T. Like that'd be awesome. But yeah, True Venge, it just has that atmosphere that Eisner does so well that he would go on to perfect the brilliance and hope of the shotgun. That movie's insane too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not sure if that movie had like an extremely big budget, did it? No, not extreme. But it looks like it does. Yeah, just because Eisner knows how to like maximize budget to screen time. You know, mm-hmm. he he. I don't know. He just has such a unique vision that you just don't see from a lot of filmmakers. Like, everything he does is just so out there and so crazy. Reminds yeah. me of the guys from Astron 6 in a lot of ways. Yeah. Which, they're both Canadian. Hey. So maybe that says something. Maybe Canadian filmmakers just have a unique minds. <laughs> they just have a vision like nobody else does. <laughs> well, don't come here. Don't come here. They'll ruin you. <laughs> They'll ruin you. But, uh, what else to say about True Avengers? The gore's good. Yeah. The kills are great. Oh, my God. It's funny. It's brutal at times. The baby. The baby's the best, right? Yeah, because, like, it, it just hops on its head. <laughs> I love the, uh, 
I just love watching these, like, clearly it's just guys in, like, Christmas costumes. Yeah. Just, like, bounce up and down. <laughs> one of my favorite parts is when one of the trees, like, has, like, arms. Yeah. He, like, stretches them out. He grabs like, them. <laughs> also, like. That's what I was talking about. I'm talking about, like, it just shows him, like, like scaring people. Oh, like, yeah. Rrr. The one that hits the guy's leg with the axe is pretty good, too. Yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> There's just so many iconic moments in this movie. It's just so much fun. And it opens and closes with the Cannibal Holocaust theme, which yeah. is like, what a great way to book in the film. <laughs> like, I almost feel like the suits that they wear are like just ghillie suits with yeah. Christmas <laughs> ornaments on them. Probably. <laughs> but it's it's really it's really cool. You should everyone should check it out before Christmas is long gone yep. for the year. It it's a fantastic little short film. It's it's weird. It's bizarre. It's fun. It's all, it's also not very long. It's only like sixteen minutes. Yeah, and it's just chaotic, but in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Treevenge. Not much more we can say about it. It's a short film, but man, it's fun. Uh, would you like to quickly talk about the film that I didn't watch, but you did? Okay, the movie I watched that was originally scheduled for the podcast was Red Christmas. Yeah, which I ended up canceling that after you start talking about. It. I was like, I don't know if this will make for a great. <laughs> Yeah. Episode. I mean, the, the thing about the movie is, like, there's this family, it's like, it's in a weird way, it's like, you're next. Mm-hmm. But in your next, the characters are likable. I don't know if they're likable. They're all kind of assholes, too, but they just work better. Yeah. Like, it almost feels like this movie has, like, this weird, like, almost like Eli Roth writing. Mm, I can see that. Where... The character, you're just like, God, I just kind of want you to have your comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Which I saw Red Christmas about two years ago at the Knoxville Horror Film Festival. Yeah. Which, hold on. I have notes on it. <laughs> <laughs> let, me pull on, let me pull it up. It stars Dee Wallace. She does a good job, but like you said, the writing just doesn't work as well. Yeah, there's really not a character. Like, we, you were laughing because I said I think the only character that I even liked was Cletus. Which is it's ironic because he's the main supposed bad guy in this yeah. movie. And I sat there and thought about it for a minute. I was like... He, he he's fucking right. Yeah, Cletus, he's the only sympathetic character in the entire movie. Like I'm not going to spoil anything really with you know the, the story of the movie. So I mean, it's just I don't know. The movie just doesn't pan out the way I think it wanted to. Yeah, because like at the very by the end of the movie, they want you to feel bad for this family, mm-hmm. and it's like, why should I feel bad for you? you guys were all assholes the entire time. Yeah. For yeah. me, the movie didn't work like when I watched it. Yeah, but I, it does have a following, and I understand why. And it's because a lot of times when it comes to sl- slashers, especially in this day and age, yeah, they're either very tongue in cheek and comedic, mm-hmm. or they're kind of making fun of the genre. Yeah, you know, they're parodies almost. This is a nasty, brutal little slasher. Oh, it's film. brutal. Yeah, it's mean spirited as hell, and and I think that really appeals to people. And I can understand that, but for me. The writing just wasn't strong enough to keep me in the film. Like, a slasher ain't got to be great. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of times I caught myself looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I got to watch the movie. And then you were like, eh, we're scrapping it. I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd already finished it at that point. Like, I was literally like five minutes done. Like, I remember it. a lot about the movie. I remember a uh, a bear trap scene. That's brutal. Yeah. That was really good. And like I said, D. Walt, the acting is good. Yeah. It's just the characters, the writing is just... To me, it's like you don't have to have a likable cast. Yeah. But if you don't have a likable cast that you try to make likable, you spend a lot of time with this family. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know, 90% of the movie is with his family. And from the get to the go, they're just not... Like, the, there's a there's a pregnant woman in the movie mm-hmm. who's, like, like downing shots and smoking weed and yeah. stuff. It's like, you're, you're doing more harm than you're doing good. Most of the film is spent with them just kind of yelling at each other and being yeah. like, Christmas is ruined! Yeah, and it's, it just seems, like, over, like, overly dramatic. Yeah. Which I think around Christmas in our household, we've had a lot of... Yeah, that's sure, but... ...worse than what they go through before Cletus shows up. Cletus. Also, the name Cletus... Yeah. ...is so, like... I don't know. To me, like I said, I think he's the only sympathetic... Because, like, I feel like he... You know, not to say that he should, you should kill people, but I feel like he's justified in his anger. Yeah, and, like, he's a reason to be angry. I don't think you should ever kill people, but... No. I mean, okay. So, like, something else about the movie is, like, you're talking about the gore. The gore is good. But that's when they show it. Yeah. Because there's moments where it's, a lot of those, the kills are just off screen. Mm-hmm. And it's confusing. Yeah. It's like, you want to highlight the gore, you want to highlight, highlight all this stuff, but you don't really show it at times. I don't know. I, I didn't think it was awful by any means. No, it's but. definitely awful. Uh, if you're looking for a mean-spirited little slasher... You might you might get into it, you know. Yeah. You might dig it. I just remember when it was over. I went with me and Amanda went to Knoxville Horror Film Festival. We were both pretty lukewarm on it. We didn't hate it. We didn't love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I I say you check it out. I mean, right. it's, on, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Give it a watch. It's worth your time. I think it's not that long. No, it's only like seventy something minutes. I think. Yeah. So, but something that is beyond worth your time <laughs> is from nineteen eighty. Yes, and it's. You better watch out, a.k.a. Christmas Evil. Yes. I mean, the thing with this movie is, like, for a long, long, long time, this movie was very underground. Very underground. Like, I remember when you first showed me this. Like, I think it was, like, the second year you had it. Synapse came out with the DVD. And I was like, this movie's great. It's great. It's fantastic. And then... It kind of blew up a little bit, but not, like, too, mm-hmm. like, in the mainstream. Like, it's not, like, a Christmas story or anything like that. No. Now, I mean, it's 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 no, it's no still not on level of, like, Silent Night, Daily Night. <laughs> or two. Yeah. <laughs> or Black Christmas or something like that. Yeah. But it's starting to find its home nestled in there as one of the absolute quintessential Christmas horror films. Yeah, this movie's great. It's fantastic. Not only is it my favorite Christmas horror movie... It's my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to beat, you know, a Christmas story in, like, the department of, you know, just the greatest Christmas movies of all time, but it's up there. This movie's I, that good. The warm, I get, you know that warm, fuzzy feeling you get when you're watching a movie? Yeah. That, like, it's just so special to you, and it, like, puts you in a, a, a mood and sits you right at the exact moment that you remember the first time you watched it. Mm-hmm. That's Christmas Evil to me. Like, as soon as that opening scene comes, where it sh- you know, shows the outside of the house, and then the dad comes down the chimney. Yeah. Like, immediately, I'm at the moment of when I first watched the movie, you know, I get that warm Christmas fuzzy feeling all over my body. Yeah. And I'm just like, yep, it's Christmas time. <laughs> That's what Christmas Evil does for me. <laughs> God, I... I need to stop ruining scenes. Oh my god! Yeah, because <laughs> whenever the dad, the dad, I'm assuming that's what I always thought it was. Yeah, it was the dad coming down the chimney dressed up as Santa. I just imagine like him like breaking both ankles on the way <laughs> down, both his ankles. Ah! 
<laughs> and then I ruined that movie for you just like I did Black Christmas last year. Well, just because you screamed goof at Last Christmas when the guy got hit in the face of the snowball. It was, <laughs> it was that funny for some reason. <laughs> so, Christmas Evil is about a gentleman named Harry. Yeah. Who, when Harry was a child, he caught his mommy kissing Santa Claus. Actually, a little bit more than kissing. It was, uh, I'm not sure what the fuck they were doing. He's like rubbing up on her thigh. I'm assuming they scrogged, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, the first thing to talk about Christmas Eve was how elaborate this Santa Claus setup is. Yeah. Like, the guy comes down the chimney, like, who the heck, like, how did the dad get in the chimney? I, I assumed if you try to get down the chimney, it'd be like gremlins and you get stuck in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, but he comes down the chimney, comes out fakest beard you've ever seen in your life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't even try to hide the fact he has brown hair either. Also, the fact that he's also skinny. Skinny as hell. But then he goes over and, like, they've left him not mi- just milk and cookies. <laughs> or not even milk and cookies. They've left him, like, this bowl with, like, water and a rag and soap and he washes his hands. Yeah. And then he's got, like, freaking, like, bread and jelly. <laughs> like, okay. toast and jelly. Look, if, if I was Santa Claus. And I was like, the only thing I ask when I come down that chimney is cookies and milk. And I come down that chimney, and you give me toast and jelly? <laughs> and you tell me to wash my damn hands? I'm like, fuck you. Here's some Cohen stocking. I'm leaving. It could be worse, though. You could get, like, celery sticks and carrots. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I would just dump ass on that plate. <laughs> like, Merry Christmas, Santa shit in your stocking. <laughs> Over it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm supposed to have milk and cookies, and you, motherfucker, <laughs> gave me salad on a plate. We trying to say, eat shit. <laughs> so he washes his hands and he eats his, his toast and jelly, which always grossed me out because he kind of gets in his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nasty looking. Oh. He pours the milk and he eats it all, and then he shoots back up the dam. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, like, the way I always took that scene was it was taken from Harry's memory. Yeah. So it may this may not how it actually went down, but this is what he remembers. Mm. So Harry sees his mom scrogging Santa, oh. and it it messes with him. So we fast forward many, many years. Harry's grown up now. He's an adult. He's got a job at a to- as a manager of a toy factory. Or I guess not a man. He's more like a shift manager, I would say. Yeah. Um, because he ends up working as well. But he's become absolutely obsessed with Santa Claus. And Christmas in general. And Christmas in general. Mostly Santa Claus. Mostly Santa Claus. Which I've always thought was really weird. It has to be like a Freudian thing. Yeah. Because like, why does seeing his mom have sex with Santa Claus make him want to be Santa Claus? I mean, the human mind, like in reality, can be a fragile thing. True. It can be a strange thing. It's a very Freudian thing. subplot thing going on over there, I yeah. think. That they don't really ever delve into, but I think if you kind of think about it, you can, you know, you can think of some weird shit with that. <laughs> but he's got books with good boys and girls and bad boys and girls that he puts their names on and he spies on them. Yeah, which he only, like, he has good intentions, but... Yeah, that's the thing about it to me is, like, when I watch the movie, I don't get, like, ugh. He's not a pervert. No, it just... He just legitimately cares if his kids are being good or bad because he wants to give them either toys or bags of shit or bags <laughs> of dirt. <laughs> I just sit, I just sit there and I'm watching him do this, right? Like you, you get to watch him actively spy on these kids, and it's like it's just unnerving to watch, though, because it's just 
I don't know, it just makes you feel creepy. Well, it it mostly because creepy. we know that the guy has problems. Because there's yeah. a scene where he finds out that one of the guys that works for him tricked him into working his shift, mm-hmm. and he loses his shit and breaks the toy while humming, you know, You Better Watch Out, which is where the name, the, t- the original title of the movie came from. Which, uh, which title do you like better? I like Christmas Evil just because, yeah. even though it's a way misleading title. Yeah. It's it's very, like, the, every poster is very misleading, too. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't know what, what you, you would do for a poster for this, but I don't know because like know. I think a lot of people ex- when they watch Christmas Evil expect Silent Night Deadly now they expect a mm. Santa Claus slasher and it's not that. No, it's more like Taxi Driver, which I still haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more like Taxi Driver <laughs> where you just watch a guy kind of like slowly lose his grip on reality, you know. But yeah. instead of uh, becoming obsessed with you know a guy running for mayor in Taxi Driver, he. Uh, Wants to be Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we see him, like, he's making toys. He's painting his van. He's getting all these things ready. He's making a suit. He's got his beard. He goes to a Christmas party uh, on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. He goes home, glues his beard on, puts his suit on, and that night he spreads cheer and fear. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah! <laughs> I was going to do the duty, but you, you went full who. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you should ever go full who, but... It, it's an odd juxtaposition because it's like, at one of some points, he is trying to be Santa Claus. Yeah. You know, he's delivering presents to the good boys and girls, and he's leaving bags of dirt. <laughs> bags of dirt. That was another thing with this movie that I thought was <laughs> weird. Like, Santa gives coal. Mm-hmm. Or, you eat Krampus. But, mm-hmm. um... He he just brings this bag full of dirt that's like leaking everywhere. He lives it at Moss Garcia's house. Yeah, Moss Garcia, Moss Garcia, Moss <laughs> Garcia. There's a but there's a lot of weird things about this movie. Just subtle yeah. little oddities that make this movie special. Mm-hmm. Little things like, uh, what do you wish for today, Harry? I wish I was super magic. <laughs> the way I always the way I took that was like he was just trying to come up with something off the top of his head. He was like, yeah. Or the fact the kid's like, I wish I had dynamite to blow the whole school up. And he's like, great, great. Yeah. Oh, I, di- I didn't even catch on to that. But, oh, my God. The Moscow says, like, I want to see your subscription to Penthouse Magazine. He's like, Moscow <laughs> Sia. Moscow <laughs> Sia. Like, by the end of this movie, he gets vicious, too. Yeah, and he does eventually start, like, killing people. Although yeah. this is not, by no means, a slasher film. No. This is not a body count movie. It's The body count's extremely low. Yeah, like, I think it's like four, four at best. I yeah. Think. Unless, well, uh, that's a spoiler. Never mind. Mm. <laughs> but eventually the whole town gets in an uproar because there's a killer standing on the loose, and then we get an angry mob chase scene. We get, which is, which I don't want to spoil. <laughs> we were talking about the angry mob, and we were talking about, like, this is what's missing in movies. Yeah, we need angry, more angry mobs. Torches and pitchforks. Get them out. But the movie, like I said, it just, it feels like Christmas. Yeah. And there's no movie that I feel like celebrates Christmas more than Christmas Evil. I mean, it's true. Because we're following Harry, who is obsessed, who celebrates Christmas all year long. You know what I mean? He's preparing all year for this one moment. This one moment in time where he gets to be what he loves the most. Santa. Santa Claus. Of course, he does take it more literally, and, you know, uh, he becomes the vengeful 
Yeah. Punishing Santa. <laughs> well, not as much as uh, Silent Night Deadly Night. Yeah, but that's different. Oh, this is more like talk, like the Nordic Santa, where yeah. it's like, you know, the the good boys and girls get presents. The bad boys and girls get whipped with switches. <laughs> you know what I mean? By the Krampus. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. But it's just, the performance by Harry is outstanding. Yeah. The dude, and he didn't really went on to do a whole lot after this. Well, I mean... We we were talking about you know, what well, I, I think I may have actually heard heard of this somewhere. I don't think we actually talked about this. Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess it just seeped into my mind. I was like, yeah, we talked about that. Like a lot of a lot of actors, like sometimes they just don't really want to continue. They don't really want to. They do it as a favor or something, you know. Yeah, and then they're just like, ah, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, but the guy does such a good job. Yeah, because he's likable. Mm-hmm. He's sympathetic and scary, and he's time. scary when he needs to be. You know. Because he's not scary in that imposing way. He's scary in the way the quiet person at work is scary. Yeah. You know, the one that sits in the corner by himself not talking to nobody scary. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, that's the guy that's going to do something. Yeah. You know, that's why that's what Harry's scared. But at the same time, he's really likable. Yeah. And he's very charming, and he's very interesting. He's not the kind of guy that you, you, that you hang out, you hung out with in school that was so... You know, weird at times that you were just like, <laughs> one of these days I might regret being. Yeah, friend. like I don't know about this guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I love the music. Yeah, it has a very Christmas Christmassy soundtrack to it. Lots of jingle bells, but also weird like foing. You know, yeah. Oh, the, the when he holds the knife up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I think that's where you're what you're talking about, right? <laughs> There's a lot of really weird pieces of music in it. Yeah. That just I think worked superbly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who was Dale in The Walking Dead plays his brother, and he does an excellent job. Yeah, um, I don't think there's necessarily a bad actor in this movie. Not really. I think everyone's super realistic in a way. And there's so many good scenes. There's uh, you know, the church steps scene where he hits people in the head with axes and stabs them in the eye, with the, which is really the only gore scene in the movie. But it's brutal. Yeah. It's a very good scene where he stabs somebody in the eye with a damn uh, toy soldier. I feel like that scene in particular is what pushes the movie over the edge into our territory. Into horror, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, Even if it wasn't a horror movie, if it was literally was just a movie about a guy become, wanting to be Santa Claus, I think it still borderlines on something where you could... Because it's not like Mick Foley, who no. like he loves Santa and every year he plays Santa. This guy's like, I'm going to creep into people's houses. <laughs> Yeah, and put shit in there. I mean, we know someone who uh, dressed up as Santa Claus and stuff. Yeah, and but not to this extent. No, you know. (laughs) So even without like the the horror aspect of it, the killing and stuff like that, it it still would fit into our format because it's it would it's still such an oddball. Yeah, because like for a long time you're like, where is this going? Like, like what is he doing? Like, yeah, sure he's. Giving people presents and stuff, but this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is creepy. It is very creepy. That's one of the things to sum up this movie. In the, like, there's two words probably to see the the sum up this movie: creepy and awesome. Right. Which normally would not go together, but <laughs> what did what what's your favorite scene in Christmas Evil? Um, it's tough. I mean, it's it's so subtle. But the the mirror, ah, uh, yeah. When he's 
when he's looking at himself and he's so giddy with excitement, but then he's got to put himself down. He's got to mm-hmm. calm it down because he's got to interact with real people. He's got to. Yeah. Yeah. I love that scene too. There's that, and then there's the beard. Mm. When he's pulling on the beard and yes, stuff. Yes, seems great too. Which is also another mirror scene, but I love the party scene. I oh, love at the yes. end of it when he's got all the kids there, and he's like, "And if you do all this, I'll bring you wonderful things. But if you're bad, yeah, your name goes in the bad boy and girls list, and I'll bring you something horrible." And he's like, <laughs> and the kids legit are like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> he scares the hell out of those kids. Which isn't that real? Yeah, yeah, he really scared them. God, that's. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like, that's great filmmaking. I mean... And the great part, too, is it cuts the parents, they're like, <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know about this, that was weird. There's also the ending, which we can't really talk about. Yeah, I don't want to spoil the ending. But, but the ending is wonderful. And seeing people's reactions... So much fun. Because uh, a friend of the podcast, Doug... Was watching it. Yeah, he'd never seen it before. And he saw the ending and flipped out. Yeah. Getting to see the, like, to watch the, that movie with someone who's never seen it before is like watching Sleepaway Camp with somebody for the first time. <laughs> you get to be like, oh, here it comes. Yes. <laughs> you know? God. I, I remember my reaction to seeing that for the first time. I remember you were just, like, looking over. Mm-hmm. Oh, here it comes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Another thing about the movie I like, too, is, like, there's a lot of times he's talking about a tune. Yeah. He's like, I know how to play the tune, and soon everybody will dance to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or there's one part he's like, he's like, he doesn't even know there is a tune. You know the tune, but look what you've done with it. And I'm always like, what is what is that? You know what I mean? Like, I'd yeah. love to hear Lewis uh, Jackson, the director, talk about that, kind of explain what that is. Or if that's just some weird thing in Harry's head where there like is this like tune. Kick. Yeah. You know what I mean? I kind of thought maybe it was like the Pod Popper thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, he's going to take the kids. Did the director do anything else after this? No. Really? No, one and done. Well, I mean, this is a hell of a movie to yeah. <laughs> end in with, I guess. And like you said, like for a long time, this was like, have you seen Christmas Evil? Have you seen Christmas Evil? Yeah. But it really is starting to get its footing as a you know juggernaut of the Christmas horror genre. It's up there with Black Christmas and Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Krampus, and one of these days that'll get remade horribly, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably right. It'll just God. be a, it'll just be a slasher. Uh, They'll lose the subtlety of the of the character development, and then kids later on will be like, "Oh no, that's the original movie." Because Christmas Evil, at the end of the day, it is a Christmas horror movie. Yeah, but it, it's much more of a character study than your typical Christmas horror movie. Right. It's like the first half of Silent Night, Deadly Night. As a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're watching the character delve into insanity. Without right. the Without the punish part, <laughs> you know? God, that movie's crazy. It's the great The second was too. even crazier. Yeah, right. But the movie's just, it's it has a whimsy. Like, normally whimsical things piss me off. <laughs> like, I don't really like whimsy in my movies too much. Yeah. This movie does have a very whimsical feel. At, but it works. So it's like it's like Peter Pan if Peter Pan wanted to be Santa Claus and killed people, <laughs> no, you know. Because <laughs> that's the thing about it. It's like you could say like, well, he was his hand was forced. He went there to kill people. <laughs> he just didn't yeah. kill the people he aimed to kill. <laughs> yeah, you know. But all in all, if you've never seen this, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Because isn't it not on Shutter? It's on Shutter. Yeah. yeah. 
there's also a Synapse DVD out mm-hmm. or a Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, which both of them have their benefits. Uh, I think the uh, the colors in the Synapse films, uh, not like colors as in like the coloring of the movie, but in the lighting. Yeah. I think there's a lot more lighting color. But the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray is very crisp and clean, as only Vinegar Syndrome really does. You yeah. really can't top their transfers, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard. They're to clean, them. man. There's times I'm watching a Vinegar Syndrome movie, and I was like, you... What was that movie we saw recently? It was like a student film. Shot. Yeah. Oh, we have to cover We'll that cover one Shot day. one day. Shot's really good. <laughs> Shot's an awesome too, movie. movie's too good not to be yeah. talked about. Um, yeah, Vinegar Syndrome, they're on a level like... Of nobody else, really. They're on a new level of confidence. They really are. They're like the criterion for exploitation films. <laughs> They're like... <laughs> and porn. <laughs> They're two exploitation movies, but Pantera was the metal music. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that should be on, like... There should be a poster that says, Vinegar Syndrome, the criterion for exploitation. <laughs> yeah. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> In all caps. Yeah, porn. <laughs> God, that's great. But yeah, so... But we'll, we probably should get to... Movie number three, yeah. which, which we're sitting at, we're sitting at just about thirty-five minutes right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I was wanting to keep this episode about under an hour. Okay. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Not the not the deep dive we normally do, you know. Yeah. Just a little, just a fun episode to have out. You know, because it's it's the holiday season. Nobody wants to sit there and listen to an hour and a half episode like we normally do. No. But this one may go a little longer. Um. Because this is a newer film, put out by the excellent Scream Team Releasing. Mm-hmm. We're doing big things right now. They put out The Barn. Yeah. Which The Barn is excellent. I haven't seen Excellent, it yet, excellent but... movie. They put out 1031, which was a pretty fun little horror anthology. Yeah. They put out uh, Bong of the Living Dead, which I didn't watch, but didn't look like my cup of tea. But some people may love it. Mm-hmm. I've heard mixed things about it. And then they announced this movie. And this movie in particular was the one that caught my eye. Just based on the title and the poster alone. Oh, the poster is awesome. Yeah. It's called, I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday. Oh, well, uh, people, we had fun with the first two movies. <laughs> this movie uh, is not a fun watch. <laughs> I, I refer to it as the feel-bad holiday film of the season. I, I, I wrote down in my notes, um, I was like, where's it at? Uh, I was like, I'm... <laughs> Oh, that's the wrong. That's the wrong notes. What am I doing? Uh oh, burn out. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make a playlist of funny cat videos before I kill myself after watching this. <laughs> this is directed <laughs> by Mike Lombardo. I want to give this guy a big shout out because that name sounds very familiar. He runs Real Gore Productions. I don't know. That name sounds so familiar, though. But he's he's Mike Lombardo, and. uh I think there's a, a musician named Mike Lombardo. Lombardo but okay. But to get into the plot of I'm dreaming of a white doomsday. Basically, it starts with this family on Christmas, and they're opening presents and having a great time. And what I love about this movie so much, right off the bat, are these dream sequences. Yeah. Because you know, and we're not going to spoil. No. Anything, which is going to be real hard to talk about this movie without spoilers, because there's a whole part of the end that I would love to talk about that we can't, <sighs> because it's new and we want everybody to go see this, because it is excellent. Yeah, this movie takes an approach to both these genres mm-hmm. and puts them together that's never really been done before. No, in a way that's, like, superb. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, 
And like at first you're like, man, this is really over the top. The acting isn't really good. It's very over the top and silly. Yeah. And the set is just weird looking. You can clearly tell it's a set. That's because then once they wake up from the dream, mm. you realize and we don't even know what happened. We just know that some kind of apocalypse has happened. Yeah. You can't go outside without a gas mask. Ugh. The father of the family says he's got to go find food. They're running out of food. So he puts his gas mask on leaves, and as soon as he leaves, you're like, he ain't coming back. No. <laughs> that motherfucker ain't coming back. <laughs> and uh, guess and you what? don't. Hey. <laughs> so the mother is left alone with her small son, and they're trying to survive the apocalypse as Christmas approaches. And that is I'm Dreaming of a White News in, oh. in, a, in, a, in a loose nutshell. God, this movie... As you said in your notes, is 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 the perfect way to sum up this movie. It's not a feel good movie. No, at all. This movie is wholeheartedly depressing. <laughs> this movie is like if Threads, yeah, crossed over with like the Fallout games, yeah, <laughs> and crosses with like a Christmas movie. Yeah, it really has the similar feelings of something like Threads, like the ending of Threads, yeah. not the the bomb part. Yeah. That's much more. Scary <sighs> than disturbing. I, they I need to watch that transfer of that movie. I but know, right? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to do it. Um, also, it reminds me of something like The Road. Yeah. With Viggo Mortensen. It has a very similar tone where it's like a mother or a father with their child trying to survive. And the majority of the film takes place in this fallout shelter. Hmm. And uh, both the mother and son, I think both do a really good job. Yeah, scarily. in particular the son. Yeah, I am not a fan of kids in movies. Ninety percent of the time, a lot of times mm-hmm. kids piss me off. <laughs> I think that, like for instance, I'm one of the people who do not like the Babadook because of the kid. The kid annoys the hell out of me, I, and I never I respect the movie to hell. I think it's fantastically made and acted and everything. And I think the kid does a great job. The character just drives me crazy. But also, like the Babadook character looks really cool. He does. Yeah, but, you know that's what I'm saying. The movie's great. I know it's great. I just can't watch it because of the kid. Yeah. But this kid does such a good job of playing a kid. Yeah, he's very he's naive to everything. He doesn't understand what's going on. Ugh. Like there's a great part where he's like he's playing dress up yeah. and he puts on a skeleton costume and the mom's like, Get it off, you know? Mm-hmm. Take that off and he's like, Wow, he doesn't he doesn't understand. He does not understand that death is out that door. Yeah. You know? So something else that really like made my skin like crawl. Not that's like in like annoyance, but mm-hmm. just in like like ugh kind of feeling was when he's like, when can we go outside and play? Yeah, and it's like th- this is this is it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a great moment in the film where the mom like leaves. Yeah, and like he just like they did such a good job. Like it's so low. It's a super low budget movie. Yeah, and they just went to like abandoned places and filmed. And it does give it this like immensely apocalyptic feel. I almost feel like they went to like an abandoned town. Yeah, because there's a lot of buildings that are. Well, shit. There's part of downtown, t- you know, Morristown that you could go to that would look similar to this. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Just, he's just smart filmmaking. It's brilliant filmmaking. And there's a great part where she like she goes in, she's trying to find food, and she finds somebody. Yeah. And that part is haunting, especially later when literally her dreams. Mm-hmm are infected with this person she finds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she does something morally questionable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you got to do what you got to do to survive. And then, 
what's even worse about that is whenever she gets back, you know, mm-hmm. and she looks through, and you realize it's not. Yeah, what she took was like, oh. There's a great scene where she she's going through her their supplies. Yeah, and there's just a gun with three bullets. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's three of them. <sighs> and you kind of put the pieces together, like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. There's a moment the f- where the film almost becomes supernatural. Yeah. And at first I was like, what the hell? You know, like, I was real confused. Mm. And like I said, no spoilers, because we want everybody to go see this movie. Buy it. Buy that. Buy that and, and DVD. You're going to get a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to add some levity to this. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Like, that is so out of place in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it leads to the finale, and the finale is gut wrenching. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I figured out, because even after it was going down, I'm like, "What the hell?" It wasn't until like Amanda, who I watched it with, mm-hmm. was like, "Well, this is what happened." I was like, "Oh my god, that is dark." I almost wanted to hear what Amanda said because there's there's different ways you could take that ending though we'll talk about it once we okay. once we end the episode, but once I tell you what she her interpretation of an ending is one of the most dark fucked up things we've ever covered <laughs> oh, am I gonna end up killing myself? <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh <laughs> once we finished watching it, we were just kind of sitting there like we need to watch Jack Frost. <laughs> like, we gotta yeah, watch anything. Not. That's when I showed up. Yeah. You guys were like, we had, we had to watch something else. We gotta watch anything besides I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday. But that's not a knock on this film. That is a testament to how powerful of filmmaking it is. Yeah, the ending to this movie, like, I don't, oh, it, it is it is messed up. It's dark. It's so dark. But I, I want to hear what Amanda had to say. Well, once we wrap this episode, once we wrap this episode up, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, because like I said, like the supernatural stuff is happening. And I'm like, I don't understand where this is going. This is weird. Yeah. This doesn't fit in this movie. Then the ending happens, and it's like brilliant. Yeah. You know. And there's like other things about the ending too that I would like to discuss that we really can't. You know what I mean? Because I want people to go watch this movie because it is that good. But just smart filmmaking. To make this, you know, condensed, claustrophobic movie so you don't have to spend a shit ton of money but still able to execute it perfected, mm. you know what I mean? Right. It's good. It's really good. <laughs> it's dark. It's sad. It's depressing. It's it's a, it's a must-watch, man. Yeah. I mean, I highly recommend it, but if you're going to watch it, just be prepared to be bummed out. Yeah. It's not a fun movie. <laughs> we got people yelling. <laughs> yeah, we might we might want to go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> but yeah, I'm dreaming of White Doomsday. Fantastic movie. Yeah, check out all three of the movies. Yeah, all, all three of these movies are worth checking out. But this is the one that's gonna be heard of the least. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, I, that's I, part of the reason I think we'll be covered it last as yeah, well. Because it's gonna get the sick on cinema seal of approval. Yeah, and if it was older, we would do full spoiler deep dive. But it and maybe it would, we will one day. I think it was made last year mm-hmm. and came out this, this year. year. Yeah. So, you know, we don't want to give things away because I, I don't think a lot of people have even heard of this movie. I didn't know about it. I didn't know about it either until Scream Team, like, I saw the poster and I was like, what is this? This looks cool. And then I started reading reviews of it and I was like, damn, this sounds really good. Yeah. And it is. And I remember when you watched it, I think you sent me a message as soon as you were done with it. You're like, well, this is what we're covering. Yep. In a weird like, way, it would oh. make a great double feature with Annie and the Apocalypse. Yeah. Both pretty depressing Christmas movies. Yeah. 
depressing. Yeah, any apocalypse should not be depressing, but it is. This is much more depressing, though. I can't believe I like that movie. I know, I'm the same way. We reference it all the time. I know, like, I don't understand why I even like that movie. It's out of, like, what I would normally I know. like completely, but I... Hey, one, maybe, who knows, maybe next year, Sick on Cinema Christmas hey. Special 3, Annie and the Apocalypse. If it's released anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I'm dreaming of White Doomsday, go buy that Blu-ray. Yeah. Bought it. So, um, yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. We know this is shorter. Yeah. We wanted to keep it short because it's the holidays. We know it's chaotic this weekend, you know, up until the end of uh, probably the first year. It's going to be nuts. So we want to keep it nice and short so maybe you can just have it on in the background and enjoy us talking about some Christmas movies. So, this is to a great year, Yeah, I would say. Yep. And 2019, we, we're hoping to do even more. 2019, we're looking 2019 in the face. Yeah. And we're looking to make it hard. <laughs> no. We're like, feed me. More. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you did this. Ryback, baby. He sucked dick. That motherfucker legit changed his name to Ryback. Yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> and then he wants to... I'm not going to get into it. No, so, no, only many people came here to listen to wrestling talk. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this episode up? Um, just, you know, we got a lot of stuff in the works yeah. with multiple things. Yeah. And well, I hope you all have a great rest of 2018. Yep. Hopefully this uh, maybe gave you a brief moment of levity from the chaos that is the holidays, except for mm-hmm. I'm Dreaming of White Doomsday. That's not fun. No, I hope I never had to spend Christmas like that. <laughs> like, someone asked me a question recently and was like, oh, what happened, what would you do if there was an apocalypse, right? I was like, I'm just going to kill myself. Yeah, right. I ain't, I ain't dealing with that. The tagline for this movie, by the way, yeah. did you look at it? Mm-hmm. No food, no hope, no whale. God. Money. Money. <laughs> Apparently we got pizza, so yeah, we're all right, so let's end this. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Matt. And you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick, Sick on fun. cinema. Cinema, Merry Christmas. Have a great New Year. Next time we'll do another hour and a half episode. Make y'all bitches sit around forever. <laughs> we'll make two hours. <laughs> <laughs>